0: You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now bring you Beyond Fatima with Katie Moran. Welcome to Beyond Fatima. I am your host, Katie Moran, and today's show, we will be talking about Holy in a Hurry. We will finish our discussion with on the Eucharist, Love's Own Design, and we will finish with St. Jacinta. We'll talk about the power of her one communion, her prophecies, and her devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But before I begin, I always ask everyone please to pray with me. One Hail Mary, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Beyond Fatima is a show about topics that Our Lady told the children during the Fatima apparitions and the angel apparition, which need to be explained more you know people understand our faith better and so this is what we do in this show we just give the church's teachings and give some of the uh with the saints lights on it so the past few shows we've been talking about the eucharist because we know that was predominant in the fatima apparitions especially the angel apparition with the three children in 1916 uh before i get going though i want to also let you know barb ernster's here with me today editor of soul magazine editor of the definitive biography on Sister Lucia, Pathways Under the Gaze of Mary. So it's always a joy to have her here with us. Welcome to the show, Barb.
1: Oh, thank you, Katie. It's nice to be with you.
0: She's a little bit of an expert on St. Jacinta, so she's going to help us work through these quotes that I found, and a lot of them I found in a very uh, unknown book called um, The Youngest Prophet. And you can find that on the internet if you want to look it up. But it was written years and years ago. And it is excellent if you want to learn more about this great saint. Ten-year-old saint that is a spiritual giant among saints today. Uh, When we talk about the Eucharist, though, we want to make you aware that we're talking, you know, this all stems back to the angel of Portugal appearing to the children three times in 1916, the spring, summer, and fall. We know at the last one, the angel brought the children communion from heaven, I imagine it was a holy envy of which angel would bring communion, because the angels envy us. St. Maximilian Kolbe said they envy us because we can receive communion and they can't. So I'm sure that there was a holy envy up there. And of course we know that the Eucharist was held suspended in the air, dripping blood into the goblet of the precious blood, and the angel taught the children the adoration prayer. So, And the children knew they received it, now, but what most people don't realize is that That was Francisco and Jacinta's first communion. We do know St. Francisco got Holy Viaticum on his deathbed, but Jacinta never did. That was her first and only communion. So we're going to see the power of one communion in this talk today. Before we go into this, I also want to state what they are the patrons of these two children saints. Bodily ills, captives, people ridiculed for their piety, prisoners, sick people against sickness we have a lot to ask them for and newly canonized saints in my opinion maybe they're up there just dropping the graces from heaven so unless we ask it will not come down to us Uh, the last show i briefly mentioned what venerable archbishop fulton sheen wrote about the saints and he said in the past Genuine humility was great among God's giants, and we know them to be St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Bonaventure, St. Albert the Great, St. Francis of Assisi. we see these great saints. But today, because we're so self-reliant, so confident, so sinful, We're seeing our saints coming from the lower ranks. St. Teresa of the Little Flowers, St. Bernadette Subaru, and most recently the three children of Fatima. You know, these children, they may have been considered nothing in everybody's eyes, but they had great understanding. They knew nothing about politics, but could teach us so much spiritually and what it is to to do for Jesus and Our Lady. So, as we finish up this short series here, we're going to realize that all three children had a unique sanctity. But, Like the children, we're all called to be saints. We're all called to holiness. You can't get into heaven unless you're a saint. So don't say, I can't be a saint. Obviously, you don't plan to go to heaven. But all who go to heaven are saints. So to reach that state, like the children, and we're going to see this today, we must be obedient and docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, just like Our Lady was.
1: And I want to interject
0: a little bit, Go ahead, Barb.
1: I recently interviewed somebody who's going to be a speaker in our First Saturday series, Devin Schott, and when he was talking about his search for doing something great for God, the spiritual director told him, go home and be St. Joseph. He was a father, and he said, you're not going to become a saint outside of your vocation, whatever God called you to, which is why we always think we have to do something great. But when you look at these Little children, what were they? They were little children in a tiny little village in Portugal. They could only become saints within that little part of their world. And that's, I always say, my kitchen where I do all my cooking and cleaning and spend a lot of time there. I said, that's where I work out my salvation. So wherever we're called, that's in our vocation. That's where we are called to sanctity. It's not that we go out and do something great, but we do something small with great
0: love. And that's so true. And we're mm-hmm. gonna see that today. Jacinta's spirituality can be summarized as an intimate devotion to our Lord and Our Lady, the apostolate of saving souls from hell, followed by prayer and sacrificing for our Holy Father. So it's like a three-prong there. Our Lord and Our Lady, saving sinners and the Holy Father. And that that was the essence. We learned last week Francisco, her brother, was more consoling the hidden Jesus. Now, she's she's really interesting. I like Jacinta. You know, before the apparition she was sensitive, sulking when she didn't get her own way with the playmates. Yes, she did that. But you gotta remember she was five years old when this happened because she was six when the angel came to her. At the same time, she was charming and good at talking others into what she wanted. She loved to sing, dance, catch butterflies, play games. Her life was full. She practiced virtue and was very impressionable, especially the area of the sacred. And we're we're gonna see that it's Lucia who was the catechist for her. She first heard our Lord's passion from her cousin. And she wanted to hear it over and over and over again. And she would cry out saying, our poor dear Lord, I'll never sin again. I don't want to our Lord to suffer anymore. Would that our five-year-old children today were this this cognizant of this.
1: Yes, yeah, she was very sensitive, very sensitive child and, and um, very sensitive to our Lord's wounds and pains and, and I, re- I remember when I, th- I think there's a story when they were doing a parade possibly on the feast of saint anthony because they had a lot of festivals in the village on these great feast days and the portuguese have a great devotion to saint anthony of padua and they, they were coming by with uh the eucharist and jacinta was so excited she was going to see our lord pass by and she that was when she started to understand that jesus was hidden in the eucharist because she was waiting and waiting and, waiting, and and Lucia had to let her know that he, he just passed by, and that's when she started to understand Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. But she had a great um, ability to also understand the passion, as you, as you mentioned. So she, from a very young age, she gravitated toward her, her catechesis through Lucia, and yeah. she understood it.
0: And that's very good. Another point on her, Barb, that we can discuss briefly is she was a delicate child, bothered by the brightness of the sun. I read she was affected by the heat. And it was under the guiding hand of Our Lady that she was transformed. You know, we see her leading, following the lead of the other two and applying what the angel asked the children to do. And this is really interesting. I I just love it because it shows what she was like before the angel apparition and Our Lady. Lucia records that the angel first appeared after they prayed the short version of the rosary. And this was her idea. You know, they, she said, let's play. And they said, no, we promised our parents we're going to pray the rosary. And so she's, okay, well, let's just say the first two words of each prayer. So they sat there and said, our Father, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, ten times our Father. And that was their short version of the rosary.
1: Yeah, she wanted to get to her playtime.
0: <laughs> yeah, she wanted to get to her playtime. But we do know, after seeing Our Lady once, how that changed. She said, I want to to pray for conversion of sinners and now the rosary was prayed with with much devotion you know mm-hmm. hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women but i i just i chuckle every time i see that because everybody thinks maybe she was a saint from her birth no she was a normal human being
1: yeah they were very normal kids
0: very very normal children and it goes to show that young children can handle things mm-hmm. we think we gotta shield our children from knowledge and stuff and and here's a 5-year-old understanding grasping the concept of our lord's passion so we need to realize our children we are not doing them any justice when we shield them from what they what we consider harsh things
1: considering not, what they
0: watch on tv yeah now but after the vision of hell, though go ahead barb
1: the families they ha- they put prayer into their day they they made time for it and these children were still normal they you know they the rosary maybe seemed long and boring but they did they did grow in holiness because of it. I also remember reading, and I think this was from Sister Lucia's uh, biography, that their family didn't pray the rosary every day. They only prayed the rosary every day in October. And so when Our Lady was asking for pray the rosary every day, that was something new for them. It was yeah, That's every interesting day of the year. Because, so.
0: yeah. Most people don't realize that. I mean, there's a lot of people, I think, today they don't pray the rosary every day. Mm -hmm. you know when you ask them to do that they look at you like you're asking for you know Mm -hmm. most of the bulk of their day i don't think they realize it's how little it is to do it but one of the things that was interesting is the vision of hell i know years ago i was speaking the schools and one of the schools uh before i went there was two weeks beforehand my mother got a call from the principal this is a catholic school and she said you know we were coming to talk on the message of fatima and teach the children about it and she she told us she says well you're going to get the younger children and then the older children there were eight grades in there and she says, when you have the younger children i don't want you talking about the vision of hell i don't want to scare our children Mm -hmm. my mother said wait a minute three children seven eight and ten saw hell she said, "Don't tell me we can't tell small children about this." Right. She said, "If we can't talk about that part of the Fatima message, we're not coming." And the principal, she was a nun. She says, "Then I'm sorry, you can't come." My mother says, "No, it's I'm sorry." And my mother refused to go where anybody would not let us give the whole Fatima message. So that's right. a sad, you know. Yes. Yeah. Sad, that, sad that, thought on that.
1: It, so I mean, I it know. It is because. Yeah.
0: So because little, heaven, little, heaven. Was, she was seven when she had the vision of hell, Jacinta, when they had it, right? Correct?
1: Yes, she was seven.
0: So here's a seven-year-old's ponderings. I'll just read what she, what, how much it affected her. She would ask Lucia, Our Lady said many souls go to hell. What is this then? Lucia then said, That's where people go commit sins and don't confess them. They stay there and burn forever. And this little saint, and they never get out of there again. I mean, I'm sure this is questions people have asked. Lucia said no. Not even after many, many, many years, Lucia? No, she said, hell never ends. Then poor Jacinta said, well, I guess heaven never ends either. Good thought. (laughs) Lucia said, whoever goes to heaven never leaves it. Whoever goes to hell never leaves it either, asked Jacinta. And Lucia finally said, they're eternal. Don't you see? They never, never end. And this is the concept today that's going on. I mean, I don't know about you, Barb, but I've run into a lot of people over the years when I talk about Fatima, you won't believe the people that think heaven, hell will not end, hell will end, God will forgive us at the end of the world. He'll put an end to hell. Oh, never mind, our Lord spoke about it 33 times in scriptures. And also I would get the statement that, you know, um, hell is just a continuation of what I'm doing here on earth.
1: Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and that's why the mercy message is so powerful right now when you think about You know how many people could be damned and and it's the 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 uh, divine mercy message was coming out soon after the fatima message and so it's just such a powerful thing to put the two together yes at fatima our lord and our lady made it very clear hell heaven and purgatory exist and souls do go there so then we look to the mercy message as you know we're supposed to do all we can to save souls I remember this priest. It was Father Donald Calloway. I was listening to one of his talks, and he said, "I didn't become a priest to become a social worker." Jesus said, "You will always have the poor with me." He said, "I became a priest to save souls." That's our mission of the church, and that's our mission when we participate in this apostolate, and when we are. and, and It sounds very dire, like what? What can I do? But all of our little prayers and sacrifices are helping bring grace to other souls, and that's what Jacinta. She just believed what Our Lady said, you know, pray and make sacrifices for those who have no one to pray for them. Because many people go to hell because there's no one to pray for them. She just took these messages to heart. And, you know, she she remembered. it. Was, one thing I like about the Fatima apparitions is you can remember easily what Our Lady said. You don't forget those words. And Lucia and Jacinta and Francisco didn't forget them. They really took them to heart. And the vision of hell transformed little jacinta and she understood the dire consequences of how one lives their life
0: and then she she would and this is something you're thinking you just said barb what can i do well this little saint when she would be overwhelmed with the thought of souls going to hell she would pray oh my jesus forgive us our sins Yes. she'd pray that over and over again that's a beautiful prayer to pray it's easy to remember it's part of the rosary oh my jesus forgive us our sins save us from the fires of hell lead all souls to heaven especially those in most need of thy mercy so that's a prayer we can add to our when we're driving the car mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're cleaning running the sweeper instead of listening to music or whatever else is going on you know put some put a tape in and Say a rosary, you know, let you lead the rosary, or say some of these beautiful ejaculations that the church has given us. And we do know Jacinta wondered, what's, what send you to hell? And she asked Lucia that. What sins send you to hell? Now she's wondering, if their souls go there, what are they doing to get there? Well, Lucia said, missing mass on Sunday is a type of sin. And she said... Well, why won't they go? It wouldn't be hard for them to keep quiet and go to mass for a little mm-hmm. short time. I'm so sorry for them. If only they could see hell. Mm-hmm. And she was very adamant about that because that was that was not something the world knew about right away. I think it was in the late 40s, early 50s it was revealed. Mm-hmm. And she told her, I'm going to heaven. If Our Lady lets you, tell them about hell. Because right now it was a big secret. I don't know. Do you know, Barb, when um, this vision of hell was revealed? I can't. It was in her,
1: um, one of the memoirs back in 1941 is when she, maybe it was earlier, 35, she started writing her memoirs. Yeah. Um. Sometime between 35 and 41 during one of her memoirs. I think it was the, the second memoir where she revealed, because the, the bishop had asked, you know, she started talking about Jacinta and then the bishop wanted her to reveal everything about what she knew because that's when he learned there was an angel that appeared to them. And it's just so amazing that, Lucia was so obedient to a T that she didn't reveal anything until Heaven let her know it was okay. So when Jacinta's asking this question, if Our Lady lets you, tell them about hell. So at that time, it was part of the three-part secret. They were not to reveal it.
0: And it's it's interesting. It was it came out when it was supposed to. Yeah. Because I know the the movie Fatima in the 40s. Obviously, it wasn't known because it wasn't incorporated into that movie. At that time, so you're right, it was around in the 40s sometime, it became not common knowledge to know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Shortly after the apparitions, we're going to see what kind of sacrifices she would do. Shortly after the apparitions, Jacinta, who so loved to dance, and we know it wasn't the crazy dancing they're doing today, it was probably the cultural customs of the dances they did, promised never to dance again for the sacrifice of sinners. Mm -hmm. And Lucia said that was a big sacrifice for her. Mainly because playing. of her love of
1: dancing. Right, she did, and that was what they did during their festivals when they had their feast days. They would dance. That was part of their. And I think there's stories of just um, Lucia's father. He would play. He would he would play his what? Well, Francisco had a little flute, and then the dad I think had a some kind of a banjo or something.
0: Yeah, you know, it's being. Uh, in that area, my, my Croatian heritage, they called them Tomboritsas. They were like a guitar but not a guitar.
1: Yeah. So that was yeah. what they did for entertainment. They sang and danced and after dinner they it was just simple, simple times. And you know, when you're thinking about that that they when Lucia's trying to figure out when she's trying to respond to her about what kind of sin would send you to hell. Well look at the sins that we see today in our culture. Go, not missing Mass is not a big deal, even for a lot of Catholics these days. But that was a huge sin in Lucia's, and it still is. It's a grave sin to purposely yes, miss Mass. But we have, we have become so comfortable with giving ourselves a pass where I don't have to do that. How could that be a grave sin? You know, we, we constantly are excusing ourselves from the gravity of our lack of devotion and love for our Lord, that we can't give him one hour, one day a week. To worship him, to worship our Lord. So it still is a grave sin, but we've made it into something that's no big deal.
0: Yeah, we definitely have. But I mean, this this little girl continuing on this vein, she would, after the apparition, she would have Lucia go visit Francisco. As much as she wanted to be with Lucia, she offered that up as a sacrifice not to to visit with her cousin. Mm -hmm. She would sacrifice for the Immaculate Heart of Mary and then for the Holy Father. And she would ask Lucia, you know, when things were coming and they had difficulties, she was, you know, it was like she was the one that kept it going there to a certain degree. Have you already offered this for the love of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Have you offered this? Then tell him. And I love the little prayer because this is another one we can be praying often. I do pray this one often. Oh, Jesus, for love of you, for the conversion of sinners. And of course, Jacinta, and for the Holy Father. And in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So that's a lovely little prayer to pray. I remember growing up, I mean, the nuns told us this. My mother told us this. When things would annoy us or we bothering us, she would say, or we didn't feel good, she would look at us and said, have you offered that up? Mm-hmm. Offer it up. Do something for it. Get a soul out of purgatory. And I, My kids used to get tired of hearing me tell it to them. <laughs> They'd be complaining. I'd say, well, then offer it up. Get a soul out of purgatory.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to complain around my house because my mom would put me to work, and then I would <laughs> run.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true too. All you had to do was complain, and you were yeah. working. You never, never complained after that again.
1: And but I don't think I knew that when my mom would say that 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 this stemmed from Fatima, because of course this is back in the '60s and earlier. For many people, were yeah, the the stories of Fatima, the story of Fatima would have been more well-known and so that was the what came out of there was offered up offered up that's what these kids did yeah and
0: and today the kids aren't told to do that they're 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 told to seek out self-gratification you Mm -hmm. know so really there is a value to our sacrifices and our inconveniences we don't have to be wearing hair shirts and fasting and not eating and being faint with hunger i don't this is not what our lady wants the value of sacrifice is unbelievable you can take every little thing you have and draw good out of it
1: Mm -hmm. and jacenta
0: knew that i think she had a perpetual peace of mind even in turmoil you know because they saw the suffering bearing spiritual fruit you know at a very young age they saw that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: the the fruit of suffering and this is what we need to do we don't have to suffer a lot in order to, to to save a soul only requirement for it is done with great love and without any self interest in it Mm -hmm. and that's why that's why what god sends us is so important because if we pick what we're going to do we can stop doing it but if we accept what god sends us on a day-to-day basis now there there there's no self-love in that because we have to bear that cross until god takes it away well and another reason i love the fatima message Uh, Katie is because it's so
1: easy to forget I mean you can get you can have a really busy week and you realize boy I didn't do a very good job of offering up I didn't I wasn't patient I wasn't kind I wasn't you know I, I, I was complaining a lot this week. Just going back to these three kids reminds me that I need to pick up my cross and keep going. This—that's why I love the story of Fatima and that God used these three little children to teach us adults because they were so compliant with Our Lady's wishes. They were—they were innocent. That—that's why He chose these children because they were—they took everything to heart. They weren't—they um, weren't mired down by sin or you know when you start to use your sense of reason or logic, you—you start to pull away from. The supernatural, and you're not as drawn to it when you start to get older. It's easier to get caught up in the business busyness of your day to day life, and that's why I think God chose these three little children, and they can teach us so much. Just I, I can never stop reading about these kids because I remember again, look at how they were so easily drawn to sacrifice and doing what Our Lady wanted, and I need to do that too.
0: So that they can oh, yes every well, day, especially especially you know in our lives today because there's so much going on in the world is in such dire straits but there were two really great sacrifices which we'll talk about the first one we'll talk about now that Jacinta did and when you think about it you're like you know you don't realize that this was so hard for her the first one was when they were taken prisoners were really they literally were they were taken to prison in august and her one of the greatest fears she had was the fear of dying in prison and she wasn't afraid of dying she knew she was going to heaven what she was heartbroken about was dying without telling saying goodbye to her mother mm-hmm. with tears down her cheeks cheeks you know cuz they thought they were going to die They told him, if you don't do what we want, we're going to take you one at a time and boil you alive in oil. They thought this was going to happen to them. And they stood strong. But she said, I would like to at least see my mother one last time. And of course, Lucia then reminded her, don't you want to offer the sacrifice for the conversion of sinners? Lucia writes... Santa cried out I want to do it I want to do it and she said her face was bathed in tears she joined her hands and with tears she prayed that prayer oh Jesus it is for love of you for the conversion of sinners for the Holy Father in reparation for the sins committed against the immaculate heart of Mary so this was difficult for her to do
1: yes and I, re- I recall they were in prison for a couple of days I think it yeah. was about four days three mm-hmm. or four days so She was sad that her parents weren't coming to to see them, and and that was a big sacrifice for her. But I think about their obedience again. The prisoners of these men that they were thrown in the jail cell with asked them, why don't you just tell them the secret? Well, they were willing to go to their death rather than do something against the orders of heaven. Our Lady had told them to keep this a secret. So they were willing to accept death rather than be disobedient to the Blessed Mother. And that's another thing to remember about these children and Lucia through her whole life the obedience that they had she Lucia didn't write anything down until she was ordered to and until she got um, confirmation from heaven above that it was okay so there's such there's such an admirable quality in their how they took this to heart and they were so obedient even to the point of death
0: yeah well we see her prayer life. Uh, people think, well, what was she? Her brother was more very contemplative, but she talks about what it is to be a contemplative. When she told Lucia, "I do like to tell Jesus I love Him. Many, many times I say to Him, and then I seem to have a fire in my heart that, but it doesn't burn me. Mm-hmm. That's that is contemplation." that's one of the heights of mystical prayer and i love this one quote of hers it really shows that she did not love our lady as somebody up there to be held up in high esteem she says, i love so the immaculate heart of mary it is the heart of our dear mother in heaven and i i just love that i mean that that gives me goosebumps because now she's showing us that this is the heart of our mother not, Mm -hmm. not the queen but a mother that we can go to and we can give all our problems to you know uh one prayer she would pray sweetheart of mary immaculate heart of mary i love you so very very much she saw her as a mother and i think that's what we need to see our lady as today not just you know our queen queen of angels and men the mother of our savior but our mother
1: yes she was demonstrating what saint louis de Montfort calls the um the principal um, elements of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, he laid them out. It was tender. It was compliant. It's abandoned. It's, um, she just had the most tender love for the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the obedient, all these things. Um, it was indifferent to the world around them. She was so singularly focused on what Our Lady wanted of them. And she she heroically grabbed on to the idea of suffering for sinners. Now, Lucia would say that she had extraordinary graces to do that, and that's why we talk about this as part of her charism. I know Father Andrew Apostoli, we can talk about this later when we when we look at her death. He said because of her embrace of suffering for sinners, she saved, at the end of her life, 50,000 souls. But wow. I don't know where he got that number, but he, he has said that on multiple occasions, that because of her willingness to accept additional suffering she saved 50,000 souls so we we have to believe that our little sufferings mean something that's the part that we don't think that we have any impact on this world because many of us are in very mundane lives with you know daily things that don't seem to matter and we're always being shown what's going on with the elite of the world and so we feel as if we're helpless but we're not these little children change the world really they've Transformed their their lives had great impact, and we won't know it until the end of our lives. Same with Saint Faustina, yeah. And look at her, same thing. I mean, and a lot of these saints and contemplatives they they change the world in ways that we don't even know. Who knows where what how things might have gone had not for these people that are hidden to the world, but they're suffering so much and they're offering that with just blind faith in God's love for them. That's all that matters is God's love for them,
0: yeah. No. We're, that we just we just talked about her first great sacrifice, mm-hmm. possibly dying in prison and not saying goodbye to her mother. The, the the second one, is the one that really, really she she was asked to give the big one and she did. They when they were ill, Our Lady appeared when the two children, Francisco and Jacinta, were ill. Our Lady appeared to them in their home, and said, "I'm taking Francisco to heaven soon." She then asked Jacinta, "Could you live? A, could you stay here a bit longer to suffer more and convert sinners?" Jacinta oh yes she agreed when Francisco was dying Jacinta told him give all my love to our lord and our lady and tell them I'll suffer as much as they want for the conversion of sinners and reparation of the immaculate heart now Jacinta's love was a supernatural gift we just talked about that for suffering what they don't know is our lady again appeared to her and she said she would go to another hospital farther from Fatima and would suffer greatly there and finally die alone Now this terrified the little girl. She loved her family. She loved Lucia. And when Lucia told her, well, this bothers you. So sometimes we tell people this, don't think about it. Just don't worry about it till it comes. She wouldn't do that. She said, if I stop thinking about it, then I'm not going to suffer. So let me think about it. For the more I think about it, the more I suffer and I want to suffer for our Lord and for sinners. This knowledge that she was going to die alone probably plagued her for about a year, I think. Because mm-hmm. Francisco died in 1919 and she died in 1920 a year later. And Lucia would, would write in her memoir, she would find her cousin clutching the image of Our Lady in her room. Oh, dearest Heavenly Mother, do I really have to die all alone? That was, that was a yeah. great cross. Maybe that's how she got 50,000 souls according to Father Apostoli.
1: Well, and I do, re- there was something where she even told Lucia, she goes, this must be a, this is, our Lord must really want to save souls because this is a big sacrifice for me. She said it on multiple occasions. This is a really big sacrifice for me.
0: would be a big sacrifice for anybody. Right. You know, and then what were her sufferings like? Because we're going to go into her prophecies here now. I, I don't want to miss doing that. But I just want to briefly state concerning her sufferings, and people don't know this. The saint, St. Jacinta, was operated on twice without general anesthesia. Mm-hmm. She had two ribs cut out leaving a hole the size of a man's fist. During the operation, she was silent, only whispering on two separate occasions, Oh, my good mother, patience. We must all suffer to get to heaven. She was, what, probably nine going on, ten years old at that time? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something to think about. We complain about a headache. Excuse me. Now we're going to talk about her prophecies. And uh, these, a couple she chose... She said, uh, on war, sin, and peace, Um, and this was to Sister Lucia, and she said, to tell everybody that God grants us his graces through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we should ask for them, that the Heart of Jesus wants the Immaculate Heart of Mary to be honored along with him, that we should ask the Immaculate Heart of Mary for peace because God has placed it in her keeping. Now... With that thought, she added, our Lord is very sad because our lady told us he should not be offended anymore because he was already too much offended. Already she was seeing in like 1919, 1920 that nobody was paying attention to it. People continued to commit sins. To me, she said wars are nothing but a punishment for the sins of the world. I think she was was given visions of how bad the world would become because she lived in a very uh, bubble-like world where she couldn't Mm. see the sins of the people. Am I right on that?
1: yeah i mean I, well they did she did see visions of the war that was coming and she saw visions of many many people suffering and dying and there was no food there was famine she saw the holy father with his head down i don't know if you're going to talk about that later but um yeah. you know, she saw these visions of war and she understood that it was a punishment from god for sin and so we we create our own punishments here on earth and and that's what, when, by the time we get to the end of our lives, if we have created our own hell on, on earth, we just continue that into eternity. So we have to remember people choose hell, but they don't know, they don't, they, they they reject the mercy of God is what happens.
0: Yeah, and we we have, we're blessed to have a lot of what she said before she died, because she was in an orphanage where she was sent before she ended up in the hospital. And it was to Mother Godino, did I say you, that correctly? Godino. Goodno. Goodno. It was some other good know, and this beautiful nun wrote everything down that this little girl said, mm-hmm. this little saint said, because she must have seen, you know, for priests, uh, she said, pray much for sinners, pray for priests, pray for religious, priests should occupy themselves with affairs of the church, they should be very, very pure, the disobedience of priests and religious to their superiors to the Holy Father greatly offends our Lord, this is what we're seeing now, today, the disobedience.
1: And God always, he always worked and our Blessed Mother does too. She always, they always work through the church. Yeah. And so it's very important for the, the, again, that obedience and our Lord said it to Sister Lucia on numerous occasions. This is the sacrifice I want. I want obedience to my, to my will, to my commandments, to your superiors, God operates through the church because the Holy Spirit is guiding it. And many times, you know, great saints, they would say, well, how is this going to get done? And God would send them a, a spiritual director. He'd say, work through your spiritual director. That's how you're going to hear my voice. So he would send them somebody to help them. And Lucia was sent somebody, a good priest who finally came before the end of the apparitions, who helped her understand things. And, you know, she's dealing with some huge theological issues and All the people clamoring. She's a young girl. She doesn't understand what's going on. She's communicating with the Blessed Mother in heaven. And this wonderful priest came and helped her to understand what was, you know, he gave her some spiritual direction. So God sends people to help hear his voice and to understand things.
0: Yeah, and she told us to pray for those who govern us. She says, woe to those who persecute the religion of our Lord. If the government left the church in peace, gave freedom to the faith, it would be blessed by God.
1: Well, look at that a nine-year-old coming up with that no, That's, that didn't come
0: from a nine-year-old yeah. <laughs> yeah on sin fashions and marriage these this is like where did you know where we're looking at this now at post and we're saying well yeah but we got to remember 1919 she's saying these things and she she never experienced what she was talking about she said the sin that leads more souls to hell are sins of the flesh Mm -hmm. fashions will be greatly fashions that will greatly offend our Lord will appear people should serve God should not follow fashions now people think she's talking about the way they dress which it is true but here she's talking about the church has no fashions our Lord is always the same she's talking about the fashions and customs that are sinful for the time the sins of the world are very great if men knew what eternity is they would do everything to change their lives Men are lost because they do not think of the death of our Lord and do not do penance. And finally, marriages are not good.
1: They do not please
0: our Lord. They are not of God.
1: Yeah, many marriages are not good. They do not please our Lord. You know, when I think of the divorce rate, Katie. I don't want to disparage anybody who's gone through that terrible tragedy. But there's just, there's plenty of divorce and remarriage going on where it's, I know in Europe it's it's a big issue that um, it's just so easy to, Commit adultery and to go and seek your own self satisfaction and, and dismiss your marriage and go find somebody else. It's those are the kinds of marriages that are that she's talking about. And you know, we obviously we have the issue going on now where people of the same sex want to marry and these are not this is not in our this is not good world marriage. Too. It's not what God designed as marriage. So there's a lot of um, issues with that. We have to get our our lives back in order. We have to start rebuilding family and marriage to what God designed it, what he is wanting from us.
0: And then again, this is a nine-year-old girl talking on Christian virtue. Do not walk in the midst of luxury. Flee from riches. Be very fond of holy poverty and silence. Have much charity even for those who are bad. Wow. Speak ill of no one and flee from those who do so. Be very patient, for patience leads us to heaven mortification and sacrifices greatly peace our Lord how often you know it's gotten to be far where it's it's not so much you speak ill of no one that seems to be the big thing with the with the gossip rags that are out there with all these shows out there and reality TVs they just talk bad. it's such it's like gossip run wild Mm -hmm. confession is a sacrament of mercy there must therefore one must approach the confessional with confidence and joy without confession there's no salvation you know, you look at these prophecies
1: of hers and they almost lay out exactly what these errors of communism did destroying the yes. family destroying um our purity because it was the sexual revolution came the idea of abortion the, the communists were the first ones to introduce what they called a postcard divorce. This was in 1921. They 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 wanted to destroy the family and they did it by creating making it very very easy For the parents to divorce, and that was one way they could get to the children. And so the postcard divorce was you didn't even have to go to the courts or ask anybody. You would just tell your spouse I'm divorcing you, and that was it. And so there's an 84% divorce rate right now, even now to this day in Russia, because of how communism so thoroughly destroyed the idea of marriage and family over there. It's still an issue. And it also was an outtake of... uh, the war where they lost 40 million or 23 million of their young men to the war, world war two. And then of course they killed 40 million of their own. So there was, there was not, there's not a whole lot of choice left of marriage. So it was very difficult. It's very difficult over there to restart the family and to have strong marriage and and the idea of having children again, that's still something that is going on over there.
0: Now on, on purity and chastity, which it's fashion now again, you know mother wrote that she said the sins which cause more souls more souls to go to hell are sins of the flesh now directly when you think about this this perfectly innocent barely 10 year old girl repeats what you'll read in St. Francis Liguori when he said it's the sins against chastity that fill soul that fill hell with souls now when the mother asked Jacinta if she understood what it meant to be pure because she wanted to understand you know 9 year old girl saying this I do to be pure in body is to keep chastity to be pure in soul is not to commit sins, not to look at what one should not see. Now, this prophetic statement shows us what's going on because Pius XII, Venerable Pius XII, wrote an unbelievable encyclical on, the, on this purity issue, which is wonderful to read. But we need to recall here that she understood that modesty is like the outer defense of chastity, that outer shell that protects the castle. If -hmm. we are not modest in our dress, our chastity can be attacked. So the walls that defend the castle, as well as the gardens that adorn the palace, it's modesty. Mm -hmm. And today it's unbelievable. You know, they start with um, little, little girls. I mean, they're one, two, three, four years old. They think it's cute to dress them in these dresses where, you know, swimsuits and running around half naked they they put it in their minds it's okay to be this way Mm -hmm. so as they get older they're not modest in their dress i'm not saying you know you don't you cover a a little tiny two or three year old running around but you don't encourage it Mm -hmm. you know to to the immodest dress i can remember i would tell groups when i talked at homeschooling conferences and stuff i would tell mother she'd say well you know there's nothing out there for young girls well, I had four boys and a girl, and I would tell her, I said, you know, I would rather have one modest dress hanging in the closet for my daughter than eight or nine flimsy dresses.
1: I do remember when my, my young girls were getting to be seven, eight, nine. Oh, my gosh, it was difficult to find Nightmare. good clothes. And, and, of course, if you've tried to find a T-shirt that didn't have a saying on it, and some of them would be so, like, look at me, how awesome I am. It was ridiculous, some of the sayings that would be on these shirts. I mean, it was inviting people to look, and I—I I don't know. I—I was—it was a very difficult. I used to work right for the National Catholic Register, and I remember writing about these things yeah. back in the two thousands, the first decade of the two thousands. And my girls were about—they were starting to be 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. It was very difficult. So.
0: I often thought Jacinta might have gone into a convent because she told Mother, the Mother of God, wants a large number of souls to bind themselves to her by the vow of chastity. I would enter a convent with great joy, but my joy is greater because I'm going to heaven. I love that. Yeah. I just, but I mean, I think she would have been convent, you know, probably with sister, with her cousin in Carmel. You know, I I can see that. I can't see her. But she was called to go to heaven soon. Lucia is the herald of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary that we see. One other point we're getting down here. I'd like to give you a little bit of time here to talk about what's going on. So we'll talk a couple more points here. Intercessory prayer. I think this is what they teach us more than anything else, you know. I'm going to, she says I'm going to get up and call Francisco. We're going to go and pray at the well. When you come back, come and find us. We'll be there. She said that when Lucia had came to her and said, I have to go and talk to the priest. And she Mm -hmm. was terrified. It was her first interview probably about what Our Lady had said. And Jacinta was right up on board there. She said, We will pray while you are there, intercessory prayer. Upon returning, Lucia found them at the well on their two knees praying. Jacinta ran up to her. You see, we must never be afraid of anything. Our lady helps. She's such a good friend of ours. They got to realize, I don't think people realize her and Francisco were there praying for hours Mm
1: -hmm. while she
0: was being interviewed. Intercessory prayer. I don't know if we do enough of that anymore. I don't think people realize, you know, the importance of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think at that time they were even told by Lucia's older sister that uh, Lucia had been killed or something. They thought she was dead yeah. at that time. Um, Lucia was very afraid. And, and they stuck together. The three of them found strength in each other. So whenever they were separated and had to go off on their own, it was very difficult for them.
0: And it's and this is why I think Francisco and Jacinta's death was so great for Lucia. So it was it was her circle it was who was like her in thought mm-hmm. word and deed and that's that's another thing when you do intercessory prayer you need you need a couple people that think like you do act like you do pray like you do mm-hmm. so you can bear your souls to them and they understand
1: mm-hmm.
0: and anybody that's blessed to have people like that in their lives it is a great blessing to be able to and once the children were dead lucia was literally once they died, she was, you know, she didn't have that contact anymore. So she, and I can see why she was, it, it was so hard for her. But what was she, about 12 years old when they died? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. 12 or 13, yes. Because it was yeah. around the age 13 that they, they started trying to, it was 1921, she was 13, and the bishop came to, with a solution for how to help <clears throat> Lucia because it was very difficult for her after the children died to be remaining in Fatima.
0: One of the things you can get from this is, um, in my opinion, is how often do we pour out our hearts and souls to our Lord? I mean, you're sitting there, you're distressed, something's bothering you, maybe someone's sick, who knows what it is. How often do you just sit there and just pour your heart out to them and just tell him everything? This is what he wants of us, really. He just doesn't want us to come to him. On, in prayer to say a prayer and then go away. He wants us to come to him when we when we can feel this. Uh, years and years ago when my children my first my first two that I had were were real little, I was in a really bad car accident and uh, we weren't hurt, but uh, the person in the other car that didn't stop for the stop sign was hurt and it was on our street and i remember the lady next door god rest her soul came running up to see what was going on because they heard it and she said i was sitting there she thought initially i was in shock but she got the boys out because one was three and one was five got the boys out of the car and made sure they were okay she said what surprised her and at that time she wasn't a good practicing catholic she said i was shocked she said you're sitting there and instead You should have, you know, you should have been overwhelmed with what happened. But she said, I saw through your fingers the rosary beads going. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't remember doing that. Mm -hmm. But when you go to prayer before our Lord, when things happen, I don't want anybody having a bad accident. It's not the reason for the story. How often do you just start praying and go to our Lord in prayer and our lady? Whether it's through the rosary or you just sit there and pray with your mind. But if your prayer is not an automatic response, you don't do it enough then it's not going to be an automatic response when you need it. And an example of that would be people in emergencies, they have to, they doctors and nurses, they do things over and over and over again so that when the emergency comes in, they don't have to stop and think what to do. They just automatically jump in. Right. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. Mm-hmm. This is the way it should be with our prayer life.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have to go back to
0: that where Jacinta pleads with
1: Lucia you know, when you are to tell the world about the immac- the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, tell them to ask her for graces that they can receive them through the Immaculate Heart. I mean, she understood that Mary was the the um, mediatrix of all graces. And I often, on my first Saturday devotions, will ask her for special graces I need to overcome a particular sin or to, you know, move forward in my, my growth and spiritual life. And and she does answer those prayers. She does grant those graces. So don't be afraid to go to her with very specific requests. For because in,
0: when she appeared to St. Catherine Laboure in Fran- Paris, France, in 1832, Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, one thing the saint told us is there were rings on Our Lady's fingers. Some of them had beautiful lights coming off and some nothing. And Our Lady told her, these are the graces no one asks for. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God's yeah. just going to send down this waterfall of graces on us. We're going to walk around drenched in grace. No, you have to ask for these graces. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be given because God will not pour down upon us something if we have not asked for it. Because he respects our free will that much.
1: Yeah. And sometimes we don't know what graces we need. So we can ask her to pick the ones that we do need. So <laughs>
0: that's, that's right. Yeah. Okay Barbara I'm going to give you a couple of minutes here. Boy, this hour went fast. Mm-hmm. Um I want you to tell us what's going on. We've got the conference coming up, the Father's conference May 1st.
1: Yes, we have a conference coming up on May 1st, Saturday, May 1st, starting at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time. It's called Reclaiming the Family and Reclaiming the It's a Fatima St. Joseph conference. We have three speakers coming that day. And you can go to the reclaimingthefamily.com and register. We're going to be giving away some books and a prayer card. You can also, as a, if you register for the conference, you will be given a passcode to log in from your home and watch the movie Pray, the, the story about Father Patrick Payton, which has been in theaters this past October. And if you are at the shrine in New Jersey, we will be showing the movie there as well. And so we have three speakers coming. Father David Guffey, he is with Fa- Family Theater Productions, which was the organization started by Father Patrick Payton, and he's the producer of the movie Pray. And he's speaking about longing for a father in the culture. So he's someone who's been in Hollywood now for many, many years. He sees what's happened to our media and entertainment, and what's happened to the denigration of the Of fathers and fatherhood. So he will be speaking about that. And then Devin Schott, who is the founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph, he's a layman with a um, father with children. I can't remember how many children he has. He's going to be speaking on the seven principal elements of St. Joseph's spirituality. So he started this organization to help men embrace their role as fathers and to step into the position of being the spiritual leader. And so he will be speaking on the the seven elements of St. Joseph's spirituality. And then we have Father Donald Calloway who's speaking on consecration to St. Joseph. So these three speakers start at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. You can watch online or you can be at the shrine in Washington, New Jersey. And then afterwards, we will be celebrating first Saturday devotions. We are going to be having the rosary and meditation and holy mass and divine mercy chaplet. We are also doing a consecration to St. Joseph that day, which you can participate because it is May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and that, that feast day was put in place to con- to counter what the communists had started um, making the worker into just a cog in the wheel. And so the church implemented St. Joseph uh, Feast Day, St. Joseph the Worker, to counter what the communists were doing. So that's a special day that we celebrate and really invite everybody. It's... um. I don't want to say it's a free conference. We are asking for donations, but you don't, you know, if you cannot afford to, we would rather you participate and then pray for our, our mission. So please go to reclaiming the father or reclaimingthefamily.com to register, and then you can receive uh, the things that we're going to be giving out that day for, for being a participant.
0: And we also have our first Saturdays
1: yes continuing the year after yeah. may 1st um, may 1st that's our first saturday for may 1st then continuing on after that in june we will have um june july we will have uh fatimas we are doing our first Saturday series of speakers and so in june we have donna marie cooper oboyle speaking in july we have katie and we also have another speaker coming that day christophonic so we have two speakers in july And then from August through December, we will be unveiling our uh, new catechesis on devotion to the heart of Mary, and it's being presented in five parts by Father Hugh Gillespie, and he is a priest of the St. Louis de Montfort order. So he presented that, we filmed him last year, and we are unrolling that from August through December. And again, you can get that information for our continuing series at bluearmy.com slash year of St. Joseph.
0: Yeah. One other thing is the rosaries prayed every Tuesday evening at seven p.m. and they can log. They can come and join us on Facebook, right?
1: Yes, on Facebook, seven p.m. Eastern Time, we pray the rosary together.
0: So that's that's something else there for your spirituality on Tuesdays to pray the rosary. I want to thank you, Barb, for being with us. Next week we're going to start the series. We're going to be starting on Our Lady's weapons her mantle, which is the brown scapular, and of course her rosary, the armor of God and the shield of faith. That's what I call those two weapons that she's given us to to fight what's going on in the world today. So we're going to be doing a couple shows talking about the history of the brown scapular and you know, its importance, and then saints that uh, honored it and why Our Lady came and asked for it at Fatima, and then we'll be talking on the rosary. So, Barb will be back joining us again. I'm not letting her lose that Uh quickly here. So, she'll come back and give us insights on all of this. Uh, I want to thank you, Barb, for being here, and please, everyone, pray with me. One Hail Mary, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In
0: the name of the Father, and of the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. And with the uh, Easter season, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Thank you, and God bless.